Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30, Chad. This is the time of evening. Hope you had a great Monday. Hope you're warm wherever you are. Or if not, that you'll be warm soon. Getting chilly out there. Tomorrow, Oilers and Sabres, 3.30 for the face-off show. 5 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Oilers will be uh, Buffalo tomorrow in Philly on Thursday. In Mini on Friday. Back home for another Sunday home game against the Jets on the 11th. What are they now? 0-4-1 on Sunday home games, Kellen Kennedy. Think yep. about that. 6-6-1 six, six at home, 0-4-1 oh, on Sunday. So every other day of the week at home, they're 6-2. Uh, and two. Mm-hmm. Can't solve Sundays for some reason. Don't know how to explain that. That's strange. Yep. Strange little quirk. Got a text here, a few texts. Uh, the Big L says, uh, Hi, Dr. Wilkins. Normal hockey season. I like it. Regarding the power play, unless Lucic is assigned to stand in front of the net and eclipse the opposing goalie's view, he shouldn't be out there. He's too slow handling the puck, and his power play pass and shooting decisions are poor. That's from the Big L. About uh, Connor McDavid being removed by the spotter, this texter says it was the right call. Imagine if one of the best players in the league did have a concussion and they let him play, and he had another hit to the head, and it ended his career. Things would be very different on people's comments. A hit to the head is a hit to the head. Protecting the player should be the bottom line. And this texter says, I'm going to have to look into this. Well, not that I'm doubting the texter, but this is interesting. He says the Alberta Soccer Association is looking to get heading the ball out of under 12 soccer, or sorry, U12 and under soccer because of concussions. Really? See, that's interesting to me because how do you... How do you tell kids not to head the ball? I mean, maybe it's not in the air as much with the younger eight groups, but you you would think they would want to learn how to do it. It's an important skill in that game. I'll have, have to look more into that. That's an interesting one. Cleveland leading the Raptors 68-61. They're two and a half minutes into the third quarter. Hockey tonight in the third. Boston up 2-1 on the Panthers. Also in the third, Sabres 2, Capitals 1, Blue Jackets 2, Coyotes 1, and after 2, the Penguins with a 5-4 lead on the Senators. Justin Schultz with his third of the season for the Pens. Crosby gets his 17th. Curtis Lazar, the former Oil King, has left that game with an injury. The Oil King's just getting underway against the Lethbridge Hurricanes at Rogers Place. Well, pretty cool on Sunday. Yesterday uh, afternoon, got to go to the Savile Center. There was an event going on there, a bunch of youth basketball players on the court and taking part in some drills with them. The one and only Steve 
Nash, the greatest basketball player in our country's history, and I got to sit down with him. Well, Steve, first of all, thanks a lot for joining us and just being involved with Tangerine and doing things like this with, with kids and going across the country. What is that like? It's amazing. Uh, we've, I've been lucky enough for a few years now to, to partner with Tangerine and build this program a bright way forward. And, you know, obviously to to impact kids' lives in a positive way is important. But the way we're doing it has been educational, rewarding too, just trying to empower them and, you know, teach them kind of the principles of participation and inclusion and uh, support and, and encouragement and just empowering them to be the best version of themselves they can be and give them the tools to deal with stress or anxiety or, um, you know, whatever challenges they may face. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, and I think we've been able to support a lot of great organizations as well across the country that are doing great work. I mean, I imagine that's got to be something that's on your mind is keeping kids involved. I mean, probably when you were younger, there may have been, might have been a crossroads. And, and, and you talk to a lot of players, whether they reach the NBA, the NHL, or just, you know, play university or, or get an education, you know, a lot of times, you know, they, they got to make that decision to stay involved, have family support. How do you look at all that dynamic to making sure they keep going? Well, you know, you're right. Whether it's elite development or just participation, the longer you play sports, I'm, I'm of the mind that the more you get out of life. Uh, obviously, the physical fitness, the release, um, the the teamwork, the, the, the you know, I think there's also a lot to be said socially. To be a part of a team or a club or whatever it is that uh, gives you an opportunity to have some balance in life. So for kids, an opportunity to continue to play and to feel empowered to play, to believe. Because a lot of kids, I think, you know, they either hit a cross crossroads where they don't want to play and they need that little bit of encouragement or they don't believe they, they can play or they have low self-esteem or confidence. So, you know, we're going to obviously have some, some kids that excel and, and exceed expectations, but it's about getting them as many as possible to play as long as possible and to pass that kind of healthy lifestyle and all those characteristics that come with being a teammate and being in sports down to the next generation. When you were the age of some of the youngsters you're, you're meeting today, was, was there a, an idol you had, a, a pro athlete or an athlete, or somebody that you aspired to be like? Well, you know, when I was, I didn't really start playing basketball until I was 13, so, but I was lucky enough, there was a lot of national team guys were in Victoria for training camps here and there, and Eli Pasquale, who, who was our national team point guard for a long time, lived in Victoria, so I, I got to see some of these guys that I wanted to emulate up close and, and even become friends with them when I was in high school, so... Uh, it, was, it was a, you know, obviously I think an impactful opportunity for me, but, you know, when I was a kid, just like any other, I looked up to Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and, you know, wanted to be like those guys too. Steve Nash joining us on 6.30 Shed. Uh, in, in terms of the Canadian program, and look, when I was a, when I was a kid in the 80s, you could have listed off the Canadian NBA guys on, on one hand. No, we're not, it would take too long in this interview to do it. Um, but... You know, there's been some momentum for the Canadian women's team here in Edmonton, the Canadian women's soccer team, you know, the, the women's rugby team, Jen Kish is an Edmontonian, the men's basketball team, a lot of people are waiting for them to grab a little more spotlight on the international stage. How do you feel that's coming? It's coming, for sure. I mean, we're going through a, an incredible period of player development. We've got, a, I think, the second most NBA players behind the United States now, so it's such an in, birth of talent that is and, and development that's happened in our country uh, as a team and on the international stage obviously we were devastated not to make the olympics and lost uh by a, a bucket to venezuela a team that we beat by 27 four days earlier uh in the tournament and 
You know, it just comes down to experience. These are very young guys who have very little international experience, and you can't cheat experience. And they got in that moment, and, and they didn't have the experience to, to thrive the way they did um, prior in the tournament. And, and so that's a part of the process. So my, my wish is just to continue to develop players, and as these guys gain experience, they'll be a formidable international team. But the, the talent part is coming, which is hard to do. And, and then the second part is keeping them engaged in the program. You know, it's such a different landscape than when I was coming up. And, you know, these guys have so many opportunities and so much at their fingertips now um, that it, it sounds strange, but keeping them engaged with the program is, is something that's got to be a, it is a challenge, but something that's got to be at the, at the front of everyone's mind within the, the country and the program and to value it and to give these guys an opportunity to, to know what it feels like to play on the biggest stage for your country because there's nothing like it. Your role with the Warriors, um, and I know there was a good Sports Illustrated article about some help you did with getting a pretty big name in the summer, but um, I mean, there's, there's reaching a high level, and then there's staying at that high level, because then you wear the bullseye, right? Then everybody's up for you. How do you see that? I, mean, I, I think the Warriors are at that level. How do you maintain it once you're there and ward off all the challenges? Yeah, competitiveness. I mean, professionalism, you know, that there's no way around those two characteristics. Any championship team has that. And the Warriors obviously uh, reloaded. They're, they're, although they have the best record in the league, they, they are, they're still a team in transition. They got half, six new guys or something like that, including a, a pretty big one in, in, uh, in KD. So it's a transition. I think they're still feeling each other out in many ways. But they, from, from my mind, they, they have the best opportunity to win if they can continue to gel and, and, and kind of... More than anything, allow their personalities to shine through. I think you know there's that there's that feeling out period where maybe sometimes they're they are a little subdued or, or um, you know back to take you know you don't want your personality to step on on the on the toes of the room and I think that that's that's a process that's going to happen and when they start to get you know a little more comfortable with each other they're going to improve greatly. All right, I have a standard question I ask retired athletes: best player you ever played with, best player you ever played against. Best player I ever played with, uh, I'd probably have to say, well, I played with Kobe Bryant, so he's, you know, way up there. Uh, and Dirk Nowitzki, you know, those two, uh, just Hall of Fame guys. And, uh, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of names you put ahead of those two. That is Steve Nash. Nobody you put ahead of him when it comes to Canadian basketball. Two-time MVP, 42 years of old, and we talked about his role with the Canadian men's team as the general manager, a, a player consultant, player development consultant with the Golden State Warriors. Big uh, influence on them signing Kevin Durant in the summer. And uh, Nash is an interesting guy. I mean, he's involved in, uh, you know, producing some some films and uh, just a very well-spoken, thoughtful, eclectic guy. And I, and they, uh, thought, I thought his comments about the Canadian men's team were interesting. I mean, uh, Canada is a better is just better on the international stage in sports in general, I think, than they would have been 30 or 40 years ago. Uh, I think the women's sports have been leading the way in that, and I referenced in the interview some of the women's teams that have done well or even won medals in Olympics. And the Canadian men's basketball team, you know, should have been in the Olympics. He mentioned losing to Venezuela after pounding them earlier in that qualification tournament. 
uh, but they're getting there, and it's it, going to be interesting to see if in, in 2020 if the Canadian men's basketball team does indeed make an impact. 716 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. You can call 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We'll update the scoreboard as we move along tonight. We'll talk a little U of A hockey with goaltender Brendan Burke. He's the son of former NHL goaltender Sean Burke. The U of A just uh, wrapped up the first half of their season. Uh, by their standards, not that great. 10-5-1. They're third place in Canada West. That's all coming up on Chad. Please drop off a new toy for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous at any shopping center, Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire. Making Christmas dreams come true. 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Early lead for Lethbridge over at Rogers Place. This uh, goal a minute 25 in. Hurricanes go up one nothing on the Oil Kings. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It is 7.20 Oilers hockey tomorrow as they visit the Buffalo Sabres. We have Jared on line one, 780-496-0063. Hey, Jared. Hi, Reed. Uh, just a comment about the concussion uh, thing in general. And it's interesting, if you look online, the number one concussion sport is actually ringette girls in like college really? and minor sports. It's not hockey oh, I didn't and know it's that. not football. And about in the mid-90s, I read an article by, I believe it was Arthur Jones who created the Nautilus exercise machine. And he was talking about like anatomy and concussions and head injuries. And he talked about how when a child is born, the child's head is about four, four and a half times the, the mass of what an adult head would be. And plus, they don't have any developed neck muscles. So the head, there's a lot of whipping around. And kids, many times, you said, would bump their head and they cry, and they could have, like, minor head traumas. And plus, the fact, he said, their spinal cord was also not developed, and the spinal cord is like a shock absorber. And so now we have guys getting concussions in the NHL, but these could have happened long, long time ago between the ages of zero and five or six, and the kid, he hits his head, he gets a headache. He doesn't know that it could be like a minor concussion, but we right away assume that it's from the hockey hits. I mean, that's just the comment I wanted to make on that. Well, but I, I guess, Jared, that the probably the response to from the NHL would be that if if players or human beings have pre-existing issues, even more reason to pull them out of the game if something looks wrong, right? Yeah, no, but it's a, it's a, going to be a real tricky situation because. A lot of them, like Sidney Crosby, they were just glancing blows. Like he didn't get like right. laid out by a Scott Stevens. So I don't know what they're eventually going to do with it because you know anything become, can become a possible concussion. And they could get to a situation. I think it's more of a legal thing now. Well, right. This and is a, this. Why, pardon me. This is this is a way for the NHL to protect itself for for two reasons. First of all. They can say to the current era of players, like, we did something. We asked you to come out of games. And Brad Warenka referenced it in the first half hour of the show, former player who's, who's with a law degree, saying that if, if this comes to the point where the players don't like it, where the players and coaches don't like it, then they can say to the NHLPA, okay, fine, we won't do it, but we're going to put it in the CBA and, and legally that we tried to do something with concussions and you guys said, no, it's disrupting the game and taking guys out of the game, so then you can't sue us 20 years down the road if 8,000 of you have brain injuries, right? 
Yeah, no, I understand. So the players would basically have to sign off on it at uh, some point. I think that that's eventually how it's going to become because so maybe the guy just had a headache that day and he took a hit. And how do you connect the two, right? I think it would be very uh, difficult. And uh, hopefully it doesn't um, get to that point where, you know, five or six players are getting pulled off every game because that would, I think, really disrupt the game. And uh, But it's a contact game, so... I don't see how they're going to take that part out of it at the end of the day. Well, eventually some coach is going to get really mad, right? That that a player was was taken out over what he thinks is an innocent hit. And uh, you know, I wonder which coach it's going to be and I wonder how the league will react. Now, McClellan told the line yes, you know, t- or you know, gave the party line, we don't make the rules. McClellan said, or and McDavid said, the guy, the spotter was doing his job, so there's nothing else I can do about it. But eventually, he's gonna, somebody's going to say, "Get your hands off my team," right? And then, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, because when that happened to Connor last time, they got pulled off. Like I usually don't get worried about a player, but I was actually a little bit, a uh, little bit scared there for a little bit when he when he got taken when he sat out that six and a half minutes, and you're thinking, "Geez, is this what's going to happen to him now too?" But it's just good it all worked out, and hopefully he and all the other players don't have that problem. Jared, always good to hear from you, buddy. Probably talk to you tomorrow. Take it easy, Reed. Bye-bye. That's Jared, 780-496-0063. By the way, the Monday nighter underway. Colts leading the Jets 14-3, five minutes into the second quarter. Uh, we got Indy at 5-6. and six. The Jets struggling there at 6-8. and eight. Habs forward Alex Galchenyuk out indefinitely with a lower body injury, 23 points in 25 games. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of, I mean, look, as Rob Brown said, and he's a former player, he's, he thinks the concussion spotter is needed, and it is new, so I'm sure they're going to have to iron some things out and have, you know, have standards because you don't want, I mean, the thing is, you don't want a healthy player out of the game, so... You'd, you'd let, I mean, hopefully they're doing it as quickly as possible to find out if the player is healthy. Uh, McDavid left with six and a half minutes left in the second period, came back for the third. So, you know, at the end of the day, what, what did he... Well, he missed a power play, I guess. Maybe missed four shifts, five shifts. Maybe not that many. Would have been out there on the power play for an extended period of time. Yeah, sure, it could affect the game. You could lose a guy who's really important based on the perception of someone watching the game who may not be able to see everything that's happening or every little blow to the head or every every time that a guy's uncomfortable. Unfortunately, I think we're just going to have to roll with it as they as they firm it up. For now, the NHL saying, you know, we don't we don't have plans to make any changes. This is what the this is what the spotter does. This is what the protocol is, and that's what we're going to continue to do for the time being, which probably in the grand scheme of things is a pretty good call. All right, here's what we're going to do. we got to do the 7.30 news and weather. It's going to be cold. That's the weather. There, I just did it. Save Daniel some time. Then we're back with Brendan Burke, goaltender for the U of A hockey team. We'll get to know him a little bit. Played most of his minor hockey in Arizona. Son of former NHL goaltender Sean Burke. That's as we move along. Inside Sports on Chet. With a
I'm Mike Riley. I'm Chris Ketzlaff. I'm Adarius Bowman. I'm JC Shirt of your Edmonton Eskimos. This season, please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. A little Eskimos Christmas montage. Inside Sports on 630 Chet, it's 733. Late in the third, Panthers and Bruins tied 3-3. Eight minutes left. Pittsburgh up on Ottawa, 6-5. 2-2 with four minutes left between the Sabres and the Capitals. A minute to go. The Blue Jackets are going to beat Arizona. 4-1 is the score. They only have 32 shots today. They uh, made Mike Smith make 58 saves back on Saturday. The Raptors trailing Cleveland 192 with eight minutes left. Monday Night Football, Colts 17, Jets 3, halfway through the second quarter. Western Hockey League tonight, Lethbridge 2, Oil Kings 1. They're 12 minutes into the first period at Rogers Place. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, Jamie Crooks, U of A hockey player, will play for the U Sports All-Star team against the Canadian World Junior team next Monday and Tuesday. Good little honor for Jamie. The U of A done the uh, first semester of its season. couple losses against the Saskatchewan Huskies on the weekend, and I'm pleased to be joined by Bear goaltender Brendan Burke. Brendan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Was that your first experience at Rutherford Rink over the weekend? Yeah, it was. It was uh, even worse than people described. Even worse than people described. So compare the expectation with the reality. Yeah, well, everybody told me it was really small and uh, it smelled kind of weird and the locker room sucks, but uh, yeah, it, it lived up all that and more and it, it was extremely small i couldn't believe uh how tight the ice surface was well and sometimes they have delays because stuff falls from the ceiling did that happen at all no we didn't get the rest crew out there but uh, we had a couple <laughs> close calls the, the puck went up in the rafters a couple of times and i was kind of almost hoping to see it because i heard about the, how the rest crew comes out and keeps the rest off the ice but uh i guess i'll have to wait till playoffs well, one of the uh, most spirited rivalries in, in all of Canadian university sports, for sure. And I, I believe you guys started the year against them as well with a couple of home games. What What's your sense of the Alberta-Saskatchewan hockey rivalry now that you've lived it a little bit? Yeah, well, like you said, it's probably the best in, uh, or one of the best in uh, Canadian university, especially the best in hockey. It, uh, it's intense and, you know, there's a lot of hate there. They, you can feel it in the games. I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't actually check the box scores, but it sure felt like there was a lot of penalties, and both games got pretty nasty near the end. So uh, it's definitely real, and it's, uh, it's an intense battle every time we play them. Brendan Burke, Golden Bears goaltender, joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, you know, wanted to get to, to know you a little bit, obviously. Uh, you Were were you born in Arizona, or did you just grow up there? I just grew up there. I was actually born in Hartford, Connecticut, when my dad was playing for the Whalers. All right. Of course, your dad is uh, Sean Burke, longtime NHL goaltender, really good goalie in his day. So do you remember him playing at all? Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't retire until he was 41. He hung in there for a while. So I got to see quite a few games. And uh, I remember mostly him in Arizona when uh, when he was playing there, kind of probably the best year of his career. And then uh, just kind of a little bit at the end when he bounced around a bit, I'd go watch him play. So, did you, in terms of you being a goalie, was it just like, all right, I'm just going to copy my dad, or did a, did a coach put you into it? Did, did did he push you along that way? How did that go? Well, I always, well, obviously, he was a big influence. I always wanted to be a goalie, and I think when you're younger, it's cool. You see the masks and the gear, and it's a really uh, intriguing position. But uh, he didn't let me play. He wanted to make sure I actually wanted to do it. So he made me play forward for the first uh, couple of years. 
of playing hockey. Then didn't let me switch to goalie until I was 12. So uh, he made me wait and make sure I uh, could actually learn how to skate. That uh, I actually wanted to do the switch. And then finally, when he gave me the green light, I switched over. All right, so you had to wear him down a little bit. It's funny you mentioned the the, the wearing the mask when when I when I when I was a kid. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of people older than me might understand this as well. A lot of times, the goalie was the kid who didn't skate very well, right? Because <laughs> you just you just stand there. But I, I think that uh, now a lot of times the goaltender is the most athletic kid. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely evolved. Uh, yeah, I can't speak for how it used to be, but um, you know, it, I think definitely a lot of times now the, the goalies are some of the most athletic guys on the team, and. Um, you know, I think going back to my dad making me play player, um, he want, one of the reasons he wanted me to do that was also to learn how to become a stronger skier. That's one of the, the uh, big involvements in goalies, how good skiers they are in their footwork. Give me a sense of uh, your dad. Did, did he help you maybe with as much the mental part of being a goaltender as the physical part? Yeah, probably more so. Uh, it wasn't until I got... Uh, older, more playing junior, 60 or 17, that he really started working on the, the technical stuff. It was more growing up. It was all like the, the mental side and um, you know how to prepare. And he didn't have to do too much talking. It was more learning from him and hanging out in the locker room. And uh, you, you just try to absorb as much as you can, hanging around him and uh, the, the other guys he was playing with at the time. So I, I don't think the physical development really came until I was older. But the uh, the mental and the, and the preparation side. Uh, I started learning from a young age. Well, that's incredible to, that you, as a as a kid, you know, had that access to, I guess, an NHL locker room. So, would you see, you know, guys getting ready for games or understand, you know, what your dad would do to put a bad game behind him, things like that? Yeah, exactly. Just like that, uh, I would hang out in the room, and um, I remember coming home from school, and uh, he'd be taking his pregame nap, so I'd want to take one too, and all that stuff. So. Right. I, I saw what he ate before games, and then at the rink, uh, once I was a little bit older, where uh, I got to see how guys in the dressing room and uh, how they warmed up and um, how they took care of their bodies. So it, it was definitely a, a big development. And then, and then, like you said, rebounding after a bad game, there was there was plenty of bad games. So I uh, I remember him coming home, and um, at least in front of me, he didn't let it bother him. Yeah, well, he had to be a dad when he was around you, right? Not, not a, yeah. goal, not a goaltender anymore. Uh, those, I, I guess, those Phoenix teams you you, you referenced. Uh, I mean, any any other guys that uh, you, you you enjoyed watching, or or maybe uh, you know you you got to be a little bit of a buddy with, even though there might have been an age difference. Yeah, well, my uh, my favorite player growing up was Shane Doan, and still is, and uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to really get to know him. Uh, and obviously he's still playing. Uh, I actually had the privilege of working out with him. He was my workout partner one summer. Uh, he was in my workout group two summers ago, and uh, I, I consistently skate with him this summer. So it's it's been awesome uh, starting out young, just watching him play, and he was always one of my fair players. And then as I got older, actually skating with him and training with him. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, besides your dad, any other goaltenders that have influenced you? Well, more the more recent goalies uh, was Henrik Lundqvist. I always was a big fan of him, how he played. I um, his style is more similar to how I try and play more of a deep, deep in the net, along with like guys like Mike Smith, kind of that, that newer, newer style where you're a little bit deeper. And uh, so I always liked watching him because it's fun watching guys who you try and play similar to because then you can try and take stuff off them. 
Brendan Burke, U of A Golden Bears goaltender, joining us on Inside Sports tonight. He is uh, 3-2 and two on the season, 934 save percentage, 1.53 goals against average. So you're playing minor hockey in Arizona, and 40 years ago, there were probably like three kids playing minor hockey in Arizona. <laughs> Give me a sense of the of, of the development, the, the the competition. I mean, you must have been there at a time where, where the sport was starting to grow quite a bit. Yeah, well, I was probably in the the kind of second wave of guys. There was a group probably just a couple years older than me and quite older that really paved the way, especially when the Coyotes came. I think it got really popular. Um, it was, you know, there's there's a kind of a wave. There's a, a David Spina guy who a long time played in the AHL and was a real good player, and then it it kind of shifted. Uh, that we had a lot of guys go to juniors. We had. Uh, you guys know Henrik Samuelson well, who I grew yep. up with a little bit uh, from here in Edmonton. Guys like that who are down there. And then now we have the, the new wave, and it's Austin Matthews. And uh, <laughs> he's no doubt the best by far. And uh, it's, it's exciting to see guys like that coming out of there. All right. So was this you'd go to practice in shorts on December 5th as opposed to what you're experiencing today? Yeah, shorts, <laughs> flip-flops, tank top. It's, uh, I'm missing that right now. It's cold today. <laughs> uh, had you been in Edmonton before becoming a Golden Bear? Well, you played for Portland, so you must have been. Yeah, only visiting. My mom lives in Calgary, so I've spent quite a bit of time up there, but uh, it's even colder up here. Right. Well, okay, we're tough, though, right? You're, you're, you're adding that to your resume. Um, <laughs> you played for the Winterhawks, you played for the Calgary, or you played for the Calgary Hitmen as well. How'd you wind up with the London Knights? Well, that was a long story. <laughs> Last year was quite the journey. Uh, going on my 20-year-old year, I studied, I just figured I was going to be with Calgary the rest of the way, and uh, I ended up hurting my knee early in the season and getting released. And then I was fortunate enough to get called by London, and uh, they asked if I'd be interested in coming out there, and uh, it ended up being a great decision. I was, I was really fortunate to be on uh, such a great team my last year of juniors. Uh, you were drafted in the sixth round uh, in 2013 by the by the Coyotes, uh, and now obviously you've wound up as a U of A Golden Bear. The, tell us the decision to to pick the U of A because I'm I'm just going to guess. Maybe you can fill me in here. A lot of times there are European minor pro options for guys. Uh, the WHL has the great scholarship program. So I'm guessing probably about eight months ago there was a lot a lot of decision making in your life. Uh, why the U of A? Yeah, there's a lot of decisions. Uh, for me, mostly, it was either kind of deciding whether I wanted to go to a low level of minors uh, over here or to school. And then once I once I kind of narrowed it down that I wanted to go to school, it then became what school. And um, it ultimately just became their reputation and uh, also the fact that it's close to home. They got uh, – you can go to the rink, you see all the banners, and um, I, I was – keeping track of the recruiting class they had coming in we we have a lot of guys my age coming in this year and it looks like we're gonna have a, a real strong team the next couple of years so a lot of factors went into it but it was mostly uh their winning pedigree and uh the guys who are coming along with me well you probably know what the expectations are like for the bears uh i mean they try to pride themselves on winning a national title at least every five years so every five-year man gets a title and usually that that happens there's a few guys that have missed uh so you you clearly the expectations don't bother you then you're ready to embrace them no yeah i i think uh you know we've already been talking i think this group would be disappointed if we only got one ring in five years so um we have high expectations for ourselves and we're really 
you know, we're, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but, you know, I, I think uh, this group has a lot of potential to bring um, more than just one championship in five years. Brendan, what's the transition been like from major junior to U sports? Um, well, the biggest transition has been the schoolwork. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a battle. I, as you know, our semester just ended here, and I got a lot of stuff to do. So it's been a it's been a grind. It's been a while since school. Math is impossible. I can't remember how to do any of it. Uh, I'm trying to write an essay. It's terrible. Oh, jeez. Uh, but other than that, uh, <laughs> the other adjustment is just playing on weekends, which which is the nice part. You, you play Friday, Saturday, you get Sunday off. So. Um, there's pros and cons. The, the, the school's been really tough. It's been an adjustment, but uh, I'm starting to enjoy it, and I'm loving the Sundays off watching football. Have you declared a major yet? Uh, well, I'm in Native Studies right now. I'm hoping to get into business, so I'm I'm grinding out the math courses to see if I can get into business soon. Okay, good stuff. Uh, so, I mean, still a Coyotes fan? Or are you still celebrating this incredible point streak the Coyotes have against the Oilers, or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't care about the Coyotes. I uh, okay. <laughs> I just care about I just care about players. I like watching uh, guys I've played with and my favorite players. So if I'm watching the Coyotes, I'm just cheering for Shane Doan and Christian Dvorak, guys I've played with. And I'm watching Calgary and or Winnipeg. I'm cheering for Nick Batan and guys guys I've got to play with. And I cheer for. I just cheer for individual players now. Okay, interesting interesting approach for sure. Well, I probably took you away for some schoolwork. I imagine finals are the finals started already. No, I got some uh, come up soon, but yeah, you're not taking me away from anything. I'm watching the Raptors game as we speak. It's not going well. Well, unless you like Cleveland, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, well, I that's, that, see, it's my same problem. I, I like guys. I just like individual players. So I like seeing LeBron James do good. He's tearing it up right now. So that's exciting. Well, Brendan, it was great to get to know you a bit. And uh, with my schedule, I don't see nearly as many U of A Golden Bears games as I would like. I haven't made it out yet, so I'll have to come second semester. I know you're in tandem there with Luke Siemens in net. Uh, both of you guys have some good numbers, but uh, but I know you want to inch up the standings from third place after Christmas here. Thanks a lot for uh, for your time. Maybe someday I'll get you and your dad on at the show at the same time. That'd be funny. Eh? Yeah, of course, anytime. Thanks, Brendan. All right, take it easy. Brendan Burke from the U of A Golden Bears checking in tonight. Goaltender with the team in his first year. Great interview. Good to get to know him a little bit. And uh, talked about growing up playing hockey in Arizona. Former Portland Winterhawk Calgary Hitman wound up briefly with the London Knights last season as well. And uh, cool stuff how he was influenced by his dad and kind of got to learn what it was like to, to be a pro and be in a pro dressing room as a kid, and clearly that helped him out as he moved along. Inside Sports on 630-CHED, 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can also text 630-630. Final look at the scoreboard when we get back. This year, 630-CHED Santa's Anonymous will make Christmas dreams come true for more than 25,000 less fortunate kids. You can drop off a new toy at any shopping center, Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire, or at Santa's Warehouse, the Jerry Forbes Center at 121 68th Street. And I want to tell you about the second annual Tower of Toys. Another way you can help 630-CHED Santa's Anonymous you can join 92.5 Fresh Radio, Kiss and Country 103.9, 630-CHED, iNews 880, and Global Edmonton for the second annual Tower of Toys, December 8th to 10th at West Edmonton Mall. Kellen, if my calendar is correct, that's Thursday through Saturday. Thursday through Saturday at the big toy ship in the middle of the mall there. You can build a Tower of Toys aboard, it's, well, it's called the Santa Maria. 
Not not this weekend. It's, it's the, the Tower big toy of Toys. <laughs> What's that on the horizon, Captain? It's the big toy ship. That's right. Don't shoot it down. We want the toys. Rumor has it. At least you it, don't shoot down a ship. You sink a ship. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. There may be penguins about on the ship. Well, you have to go down there and see. Don't suggest things unless they're true. No, I, 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 I heard on the weekend. Live penguins? Penguins. <laughs> okay. There will be a representation of penguins on the ship, according to Kellen Kennedy. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Yes, uh, so here's what you can do. You can bring a donation of a new unwrapped toy and help us build a tower aboard the Santa Maria ship in West Edmonton Mall. All the support, 630 Chad, Santa's Anonymous. The hours, Thursday 3 to 9, Friday 10 to 10, Saturday 10 to 6. And, of course, santasanonymous.ca for uh, more details. Sound fair, Kellen? More than fair. <laughs> Let's get that tower up to the roof. That'd more, be awesome. More than that would be incredible, actually. That'd be actually really you cool. Know, but sir, Edmontonians are so great with the Sands Anonymous and Lana Nordlin, our executive director. You know, works here right here in the building. She's just an amazing person. Works so hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. If, if anybody can uh, help, you know, it's you know, tough for for a lot of people. But if you are able to chip in a little bit, it is greatly appreciated. And thousands of Edmontonians who we do help appreciate it. All right. How about this? The Penguins beat the Senators eight five. The Bruins, in overtime, beat the Panthers 4-3. In overtime, the Capitals beat the Sabres 3-2. So now the Sabres fly home to face the Oilers tomorrow. And the Blue Jackets over the Arizona Coyotes 4-1. That's it. Four games in the NHL tonight. Monday Night Football, the Colts having their way with the Jets. It's 24-3 late in the first half. The uh, Cavaliers uh, likely going to beat the Raptors here. They're up one, well, it's a little closer, 112-105 for Cleveland, but only a minute 19 to go. Western Hockey League tonight, the Lethbridge Hurricanes leading the Edmonton Oil Kings 2-1 with the second period about to start at Rogers Place. Oilers-Sabres tomorrow. 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 5. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. The Oilers did not practice today. They just flew to Buffalo to get ready for the game. Uh, Jonas Gustafson will play on the road trip. Todd McClellan didn't say which one. I would think they come back with Talbot tomorrow. Maybe Gustafson plays again against Minnesota on Friday, depending how the other games go. Connor McDavid is okay. A lot of... Uh, concussion discussion tonight. More on that, by the way, by going to the sports page on 630ched.com. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell, our studio producer this evening, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you again tomorrow, 3.30 in the afternoon to get you ready for the Oilers game. 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Ched.